What is going on, guys? It's your boys back with the JC and the Truth podcast. I'm your host, Lee. Some people call me the truth. My co-host, Chris. Today, we'll be discussing the Super Bowl. We got the big game coming up, Chris, and I am really excited. This is going to be – this has potential to be the best Super Bowl we have ever watched. Do you think it will be? I, I think it will be, too. I mean, uh, you know, we sat there a few weeks ago and talked about how the uh, last four teams were the four best teams um remaining in the playoffs but I think even pushing that further I think we are truly left with the two best teams in the NFL I think the Buccaneers and the Packers are in the same league very close to each other but I give the Bucs the edge and as we've seen the Bucs did win that game and I do think the Chiefs are beyond you know every other team in the NFL so I am super excited I mean let's dive right into this and I think you know the first thing that we can talk about is this the best quarterback matchup that we've ever seen in the Super Bowl well, honestly, I um, it's really hard to answer that question, but I think like in I would say in the last like few decades, yeah, I think this is the best. Uh, I think this is the best quarterback matchup we've ever seen. It's the young and up and coming Patrick Mahomes, who I mean, this guy's already challenging some of the quarterbacks as the great as as like one of the greatest ever, and the guy's played football for three years. And then obviously the greatest quarterback of all times, Tom Brady. You can't debate it. I don't know why people try to. Um, you know, he, it's just, it's just so unbelievable that we're finally getting this matchup. We've seen it in the AFC championship. We've seen it in the regular season. We've seen it in a lot of different, uh, scenarios, but this is the game. This is the game where both quarterbacks are going to be in their element in the Super Bowl, And they're going to be able to show who can outduel who. And yeah, it's super exciting. And as you're saying that I'm thinking back to the other times these uh, these two guys have played. I don't think either matchup has disappointed. So I, I am super excited for this one. In my mind, it's the young goat versus the actual goat. So um, like you said, when we're picking a, a team to win this game. We'll get into that, into that later. It, it is hard to discount Tom Brady and everything that he has done. And, you know, and obviously New England Patriots uniform, and now in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. This is a 10th Super Bowl appearance. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, no other way to put it. The guy is the best of all time, and it's hard picking against him. He's been there so many times. He knows how to win these games. So, it, like we like we said, it's hard to uh, to pick against him. But just looking at a few interesting details on this matchup, I found this very interesting. In the, in the Super Bowl's 55-year history, this is the first time that a team's actually going to be playing at home. And I think that's definitely going to have something to do with the game, as we've known as we've known this whole season. This weird. This season has been super weird, you know, especially having no fans. But this game will have fans. So I think the Bucks have a little bit more of an advantage when it comes to that point. Um, it is going to be exciting to see. I think they had 15,000, 20,000 fans, somewhere in between there. So I think that's enough to make an impact on the game. So that's going to be, you know, another thing to look forward to. Um, another inter- interesting fact, this is the first time these two teams have played in the Super Bowl. And uh, the Chiefs are looking to become the eighth team in NFL history to repeat. So um, I think this definitely is going to be a matchup full of fireworks. And I know me and you are excited to see it. Yeah. And as you said, you know, that first, I mean, listen, that's a lot of years to not have one team host the Super Bowl. Um, you yeah. know, like, I, I, that's like crazy. But, you know, as um as it's always been known, when the Bucks went out and got Tom Brady, it wasn't like they I mean obviously they wanted a championship but they got Tom Brady to put fans in seats unfortunately COVID made that very hard but they brought Tom Brady in to put fans in the in the seats in the stadium now they're going to be putting fans in the seats in the Super Bowl where they will be hosting it 
this is the first time ever that's unbelievable. Now, obviously, with the battle of the Packers and the Bucks, you knew there was going to be a battle of certain firsts. Obviously, the first team to host the Super Bowl, but for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, this, if he ends up winning it like we are pretty convinced he would have, this would have been another chance for an MVP to win a Super Bowl because I don't know how long it's been since the last time we've had an MVP win a Super Bowl, but it's been a very long time. Yeah. I remember yeah. that was the whole time when Matt Ryan was about to do it, and then, you know, he buckled, twitched, and lost everything. Yeah. But, you know, overall, like, as you said, you know, Chiefs looking to be that eighth team to repeat. You know, this this is their fourth time ever being in the Super Bowl. The Bucks, this is only their second, and I'll tell you, the Bucks. I think I'm pretty sure they won the only time they were in it. I think John Gruden was the coach. Yes, I believe so too. But it is it is exciting, and you know, um, one thing that I wanted to bring up to you is when we analyze this year's Bucks team. I mean, take a look at last year's Bucks team. What's you know what's really different? I mean, obviously the addition. You know, throw a quarterback out of the window for a second. But, I mean, they had pretty much the same team. You know, they have the stud safety. Winfield now, he's a rookie. He's been awesome. They have Burks, who's been a stud for them. But, you know, Antonio Brown, too. He's only been there for half the year. But besides that, I think this is really the same team. But now you're just bringing in Tom Brady and, and even Gronk into the folds. But they had a good – they had O.J. Howard last year, solid tight end. I know he got hurt this year. But the team isn't – I mean, in my personal opinion, the team isn't really different besides from Tom Brady. And, you know, I know we're both huge fans of Jameis Winston. Um, his style of play isn't the best. The guy, you know, he, he, he's prone he's to interceptions. He's a gunslinger. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. But I, I think it is the Tom Brady effect because I love Tom Brady. But at 43 years old, you know, obviously he had a great season this season. But I think – it is a Tom Brady effect. Like you said, they brought in Tom Brady to bring in fans to seats this year. Obviously, that couldn't happen. But you bring in someone like Tom Brady to get you into the situation. I don't think James Winston would have ever gotten him this far. And that's nothing against, against James Winston. I still think he has a bright future in this league. Hopefully, he gets a chance with the Saints. But when you have a leader like Tom Brady, look, look what happens. I mean, this is 10 Super Bowl appearance. Guys gravitate around him. He's a natural-born leader. He just knows how to get it done. So I, I'm not shocked at all to see the Bucks back here. And um, it's, you know, like we said, you can't say anything about against Brady. I mean, doing this at 43 years old, it's it's truly remarkable. Yeah, and listen, like you said, this Tampa Bay Bucks team is not that different from last year. Obviously, bringing in Tom Brady brings two Hall of Famers, or borderline Hall of Famers. I think Gronk is one, and Antonio mm-hmm. Brown had the potential to be one, but I don't know if he's going to be anymore. But you bring two guys out of retirement that are like, oh, it's Tom Brady, let's go play for him. You know, Gronk had a great career ahead of him with the WWE, and he decided to go back to football. Um, But, you know, overall, like you said, the team isn't that much different, but there is one key difference, and that is 18 throws. 18 extra interceptions that Jameis Winston had that Tom Brady did not. Tom Brady is a lot smarter with the football than Jameis Winston. I think that's a guarantee. But when you think about that Bucs team, 30 interceptions for Jameis Winston. They went seven and nine. Any team with a quarterback that throws 30 interceptions and still wins seven games, that's a good football team. If Jameis Winston cut that interception total from 30 to 20, they could be a nine and seven team. I remember they lost the last week because of a pick six in the, uh, I think it was against the Falcons. The Falcons in overtime. They would be a a 500 team if if that happened, if they didn't happen, if that didn't happen, excuse me. 
Jameis Winston, I love him, and I really want I want him to succeed uh, in the NFL. I've always been a fan of his talent since Florida State, but he is a gunslinger, as we said, and, and sometimes that caused him to make a lot of dumb moves. Also, I think he had eye surgery, so, I mean, if he could only see 50% of the field and everything looks red, I'm sure he's going to keep just throwing it to the wrong team. But it, it, overall, that Tom Brady effect, I mean, I, I think he came in, realized that this problem's – this team's problem was turnovers, and he cut that to a minimum, and look at that. The Bucs are in the playoffs. They play a very underwhelming Washington team, keeps them on their toes, but they win. Then they play the Saints, the team that they got swept by this, uh, this uh, regular season. They beat them. They play the number one seed Packers. They pick off, uh, you know, they, um, they pick off Aaron Rodgers, who does not throw a lot of picks, and they beat them. Tom Brady – put a winner's mindset. I think, I'm not sure who it was, but there was supposedly somebody, one of the players, I think it was Levante David was like crying after the, um, after the win, he was so excited. And Tom Brady just like yelled at him and said, we didn't win yet. It's not over. It's, it's that winner's mindset. He has a winner's mindset for a guy that's been to the Super Bowl 10 times. This guy knows how to win. Right. And he's won six of them. He's won six of them. Obviously, Eli and uh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Out of the quarterbacks that he's faced in the Super Bowl, it's really impressive that those are the three. <laughs> those are the three Super Bowls he lost. Um, but overall, it's it's just about he brings what a winner is to the Tampa Bay team. Yeah. So it's it's no disputing that. And you know, before we get into positional breakdowns, I think you know. In my personal opinion, I know we've talked about this before, I think there are a few big storylines around this game. I think probably the most important one when you talk about the explosive Chiefs offense is, is there an answer for Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I sit there and watch these games, and it just, you know, you see Kelsey so open, you see Hill so open. And from a fan perspective, you think, how are these guys so open all the time? I mean, it, it's insane. I mean, it looks like that no one can cover these guys, and the Chiefs' offense is good. But they're, you know, besides Hill and Kelsey, there's really no one else that's on that level with them. So why would you do anything you can to double cover those guys? I don't know. I'm, that's why I'm not a defensive coordinator, but that's how it looks from a fan's perspective. And I think that, you know, I think the Bucks and Todd Bowles have been game planning, game planning that for two weeks now. So – um, I'm very interested to see what kind of uh, packages of cover they come up with. You know, if, if it's with Devin White, the guy I just mentioned, Levante David, or uh, Antoine Winfield, or, or Whitehead. So we'll, we'll see what answers they come up with. It's definitely going to be interesting for Tom and Kelsey and, and Hill. They're going to have to double them most of the game. Um, I know I'll let you get into this, but I know we were talking about a few X factors that we both like in this game. Um, I'll let you go first, and I'll jump into mine after. Yeah, I mean, but just quickly go back to your point. Like, I agree. I just feel like there's no answer. Every time we watch the game, I mean, the last time we watched the Bucks play the Chiefs, Tyree Kills running verticals, and everyone's like, like, how do we stop that? You know, yeah, having a deep – in the first quarter. I know. But overall, I think the Chiefs just have those, you know, those deep route X factors, those guys that, you know, you really can't um, – you really can't just stop. But as we, as we pretty much know, we – we feel like they have to have some sort of answer to Tyreek, right? The same way when they played the when they play when the Patriots played the Falcons in the Super Bowl, everyone was like, Julio Jones gonna go crazy after what he did to the Packers and, and the teams before that. He was kind of kept quiet. Now, obviously, yeah. Bill Belichick is not on the uh, the defensive side, but you know that there's gonna be some game planning against Tyreek. So that's why my offensive X factor for the Chiefs 
is Miko Hardman. This is a guy that got down on himself pretty big last game against the Bills. He dropped the fumble, or um, I think it was he dropped the punt return, oh, and mm-hmm. it resulted in the Bills eventually scoring a touchdown. He goes to the sideline, he covers himself. Everyone's trying to tell him, "Hey, listen, it's all right, it's all right." Mind you, if I'm if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm not even close to doubting this team. I'm thinking we're still winning by twenty. Like, <laughs> I have no doubt in that team at all, bro. But he gets himself like you know he gets himself like a little like depressed. He was upset. But Patrick Mahomes comes up to him and says, "There's a lot of game left. You're gonna make a play." Guess what? He has. I think he had a a great. Uh, he had a touchdown. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had a like a a, a runner end around excuse me in an end around for like a lot of yards he ended up scoring a touchdown and I think that's the guy that you got to watch out for because obviously everyone's playing game planning for Tyreek like you said double coverage Travis Kelsey everyone's going to be triple quadruple five people on top of him just trying to stop him like the Saints trying to tackle George Kittle but there's one guy Sammy Watkins is gonna if he's playing he's playing limited the running backs on that team don't exist I think the guy you got to look at is Nicole Hardman yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, he, I think he's going to gonna have to step up. Like we said, it's going to be on a package just focusing on Hill and Kelsey. So I, I agree with you. But my X factor is Scotty Miller. Uh, you know, that touchdown uh, last game was super impressive. I mean, no one was expecting that, especially when they uh, – we didn't know what they were going to run that play. Was they're going to do a Hail Mary or a field goal, whatever. But Scotty Miller has impressive speed, really impressive speed. Um, you know, I, I – as we're talking about this, we got to think about it from the flip side, too. I think the Chiefs defense, which is very underrated in my opinion, um, they have a bunch of studs on that, on that side of the ball. But I think they're going to do whatever they can to really shut down Godwin, A.B., and Evans. So I think, you know, a lot less attention will be paid to Scotty Miller. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think he's going to have, you know, 150 yards. You know, maybe he has 50 yards and a touchdown, but I think, you know, looking for him to make a big play in this game, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if they call his number on a fourth down or, or a huge third down. So uh, I know Brady trusts him. He likes him a lot. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him be some kind of a unsung hero in this game. Yeah, and I, I completely agree that Scotty Miller is going to be one of those guys, maybe even a Cameron Brake kind of guy. You know, I think the guys outside of the Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and uh, Chris Godwin, one of them's got to make a play. Like last week, Scotty Miller. I mean, who in their right mind thought that that was going to happen? I mean, <clears throat> Tom Brady, clearly. But now for defensive side, right, I'm going to actually say a defensive uh, X factor for me, <clears throat> for the Bucks, Devin White. This man is playing like a man possessed. He is just hitting players left and right. He's getting fumble recoveries left and right. He's just making plays. <clears throat> now for the deal is Patrick Mahomes, we know what he can do. He'll get out of the pocket, flick the ball with his wrist like this, and it goes 80 yards down the field. <laughs> if there is going to be a man who needs to stop a guy like Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, it's going to need to be a guy like Devin White. Devin White needs to be a disruptor. And I think if there's anyone on this team, like outside of guys like JPP and the rest of the pass rushers, I think Devin White can disrupt the game in one play. Patrick Mahomes looking down the field, he gets hit one time too much. Devin White gets the ball and returns it for six. He's that kind of player. He's that kind of player that can, you know, a a quick dump off to a running back. He hits him so hard they fumble. He gets the ball and he scores. He's an impact player. So I think if the Bucs are going to stop the Chiefs, it's going to be by turnovers. And who better to get those turnovers than Devin White? Yeah, perfectly said. I remember 
Uh, I remember I had a, a crush on him during the draft. I wanted the Giants to take him. And, uh, you know, he's a special player. He's a superstar in this league. And I think he's definitely going to make a big play in this game. And for me, I you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with the, uh, you know, the Chiefs here. I think defensive X factor for me is going to be Sorensen, Daniel Sorensen. I feel like whenever we see the Chiefs defense make a big play, you always see Sorensen around the ball. And um, I think, you know, if they're going to have a turnover this game, we know Brady is, you know, he had a bad game last game in terms of turn, turnovers. But usually Brady's very smart with the ball. But I think if the, uh, if the Chiefs are making a turnover this game, I look for Sorensen to be involved in some kind of capacity. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's hard to put in words how special, you know, the Chiefs team is because we see how good their offense is and so easy to have their offense overshadow the defense. But this defense is a good defense. I mean, Frank Clark is a special player. Chris Jones is a special player. We haven't even mentioned the Honey Badger yet. The Honey Badger is a special player too. So, um, you know, I, I know we're all kind of expecting a fireworks, huge scoring kind of game. But I really wouldn't be shocked if it's kind of like a 21-20 kind of game, 21-17 kind of game. But uh, I know next we wanted to kind of jump into a positional breakdown um, for each team. Uh, you, I want you to start us off here. Obviously, we'll start with the two great quarterbacks. What do you got? Uh, don't hit me with that. That's the hardest question of them all. <laughs> Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a loser here. I'm gonna take a toss up. I can't I can't give you one specific <laughs> answer. If we're talking about who's got the most skill, who's got the throwing arm, who's got the, you know, ability to stretch a play, who's got the legs. It's Patrick Mahomes. But if we're talking about who's been there, who's done it, who's done everything in the in their possible power, and who's somehow an underdog in his 10th Super Bowl, it's Tom Brady. I think there's no way you could pick between these two, and it just comes down to whose team around them plays good. Because you know these guys are going to go out there, and they're going to be dogs in this playoff. They're gonna, in this in this game. They're going to be hounds. They're going to be playing incredible. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to be looking down the field to Tyree Kill, or Tom Brady's going to squeeze a ball in the camera break that I I don't even know if it's physically possible, but he's going to do it. We know these guys are going to do it. We know we know who they are, and that's why I can't really pick between one. You know. It's just too hard. Yeah, no, it totally is. And um, it's, it's you know, a kind of two guys on your shoulder kind of thing. It's hard to pick one of them. And, and both teams have explosive offenses. So I agree. I, th- I really do think it, it is a toss-up. Um, you know, when we talk about running backs, I think obviously these teams are more pass-oriented. But when you look at both running backs' rooms, I think you have to give the advantage to, to the Buccaneers. Um, neither team has had a 1,000-yard rusher this year. That just speaks volumes to how good they are at throwing the ball. Um, it's a pretty crazy thing about both teams in the Super Bowl, and they, they didn't have a thousand yard rusher. But I think when you look at the running back rooms, especially for the Bucks, you have two experienced guys like Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, um, both really, really good backs. If you know, if, if they were the primary bell cow in the back, they would definitely have a thousand yards. But um, these guys have been used very well by the Tampa Bay, uh, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, led by Bruce Arians' play calls. Um, Tom Brady trusts them both, obviously, even though Leonard Fournette has what I think are stone hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady still trusts him. He, he throws him the ball out and screens, and Ron Jones is a hard runner. Um, when you look at the Chiefs running backs, I mean, uh, I just don't think they utilize their running game very well. Um, you have a running back like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, maybe he's been exposed over the last few, few years without a great offense line, but I think he still is a good running back. And then especially with, this, with the rookie they have this year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I feel like he's barely been a factor for this Chiefs offense. And, um, you know, especially coming out of college, we've seen how explosive he really is. And, you know, we'll see if Darrell Williams is going to step up. But I think they do have a solid running back room. But 
I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the Bucks here. Yeah, I'm leading with the Bucks, and it's not even close. I mean, we say none of them had a 1,000-yard rusher. Ronald Jones was 20 yards away from a 1,000-yard rushing season. He averaged five yards a carry. Leonard Fournette has, has shown he can make some moves. I, I think he juked out that entire Packers defense at one point. It, there's no one on the Chiefs that could compete with this team. And talking about uh, compete, we got another matchup I go with the Bucks wide receivers. I don't think that they're co- – I don't think that the Chiefs – have the core that the Bucks do in, in the slightest. But I do think the Chiefs have the better number one. I think Tyreek Hill's speed puts him at number one out of all the receivers in this game. But Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, uh, Scotty Miller, that tight, that, that, that's four very solid wide receivers with two of them could possibly push for like top 15, top 10. Mike Evans, I think, is already top 10. Um. And then Antonio Brown is playing like no slouch. He's playing incredible too. So, you know, I, I think you got to lean with the Bucks there. And then honestly, like the only major, major advantage I see for the Chiefs having on offense is in the tight end field. I mean, Travis Kelsey blows out any tight end. I love Gronk. Gronk's a beast, but, you know, taking a year off football, he's been used a lot more as a blocker this offseason, uh, this postseason, because, you know, it's it's better to get Brady more time. And I think they know that Gronk is good for that one catch for 40 yards. Uh, you know, he'll have a two catch, two catches for 50 yards on the game. He'll have that one really long one, and then he'll be a blocker for the rest of the game and let Cameron Bray kind of take over. So I think Travis Kelsey really dominates um, in the tight end field. But overall, offensively, it seems like the Chiefs really don't have the advantage over the Bucks when it comes to, you know, the way um, the way football seems. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I, I think their one advantage is Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs' offense is fantastic and probably the best in the league. But the Bucks as a core, I think they have a better overall unit. And I agree with you. I think when it's all said and done in a few years, Kelsey is going to go down as the best tight end of all time. And there's no debating that. He, he just broke uh, George Kittle's record from last year, this year. Um, but I think it's, you know, obviously all these units are close. I think Tyreek Kill, like you said, is the best wide receiver out of the group. But don't, you know, I'm not discounting anyone in the Bucks because those are three really solid wide receiver ones. And I think, you know, I agree with you. When we, even when we talk about the offensive line, I think you kind of have to give the Bucks the advantage there too. I mean, Especially with no Eric Fisher. Right. The Chiefs have suffered two really huge losses to their starting tackles. We know Mitchell Schwartz has been out for a while now. Now Eric Fisher is out. I mean, those are those are Patrick Mahomes' uh, blindside protection and, um, you know, his, his pillow in a, in a sense. You know, he, they, those guys are two of the best in the league. And um, not having out there, not having them out there against pass rushers like uh, Shaquille Barrett and JPP is, is going to be tough for Mahomes. So um, I know the Bucks are a very uh, blitz-oriented team. I was reading before they uh, – I think on passing downs, they blitz 39% of the time. So they're going to get Mahomes' face. They're going to be in, in the backfield all day, and they're going to try and, you know, get him rattled. So I think if the Bucks can bring that constant pressure to the battered Chiefs offensive line, we could, look, could be looking at a long day for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, listen, that offensive line, I think, yeah, like without Eric Fisher and Mitchell Sports, it's, 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 it's going to be – it's going to be a lot tougher for Patrick Mahomes to buy himself time, but obviously he's got guys like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Miko Hardman. You know, there's going to be they're going to make plays. But then let's go to the defense, where I think it still leans towards the Bucks, especially the D line and the linebacking core. Actually, that that that's not even close to me. I think the D line and the linebacking core, as underrated as the Chiefs' defense may be, Devin White, JPP. Come on, there's too many guys um, on this team that just 
wreck house. So I think for the defensive line and linebacking core, I'm still leaning with the Bucs and I'm leaning with them heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's more of a toss-up just because of the names the Chiefs have in, in the defense line and linebacking crew that have some special talent there. I know Anthony Hitchens is a good linebacker too. I think he's one of the more underrated guys in the league. But when you have someone like, you know, Chris Jones is an absolute animal up there. Even Frank Clark is a beast too. So I, I do think it's hard to side against them, but I think for for me here it, it is more of a toss up because both units, I mean these are the, these you know these are the strengths of the defense for both units in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean you want to talk about a toss up? How about the cornerbacks? I mean overall, yeah. I don't think either team's really got any anybody to you know bat an eye at. I mean Bashad Breland is is as old as they get. <laughs> um, Carlton Davis did not have fun last time. I think I think it was him against Tyree Kill. Uh, overall, I don't think either team really has a stout cornerback duo, so I'm going to take a toss-up here. I think both receiving cores should have a lot of fun against them. But if we're going to go towards the safeties, I'm actually going to pick the Chiefs here because I think the Chiefs with uh, Sorensen with Sorensen and um, uh, excuse me and the Honey Badger, yeah, I think that that duo is is better than uh, what the Bucks have back there. I think. Sorensen is like that linebacker kind of guy. Like I said, he could come in and make a play out of nowhere and you're just going to be completely lost at where he came from. And the honey badger is a ball hawk. He has proven he can just wait in the back. Tom Brady will look deep and maybe he'll just jump right in front. Look at, you know, how the the Packers picked off Brady three times. If Brady is going to have those throws, then I could see honey badger stepping right in front of one and taking it. So I think, I think if you go in, if you're going with safeties, I think I still got to stay with the Chiefs. I agree with you on the cornerback, uh, the cornerback units. I think that something we can agree on is that cornerback for both teams represent the weakest unit in you know out of the whole team. Yeah. And uh, you know nothing against those guys; they're solid NFL players, but obviously they're a weakness to their own team. Um, like you said, I think Carlton Davis had the you know the best grade against Tyreek Hill when they played, even though Tyreek Hill had 260 yards, which is Phenomenal. So I think we'll see a lot of Carlton, Carlton Davis on uh, on Tyreek Hill, and you know for the Bucks wide receivers, um, I don't really know what Chiefs cornerback has the size to match up against Mike Evans. We all know Mike Evans is probably the best uh, wide receiver when it comes down to the uh, red zone. The I mean, red zone. Yeah, yeah I mean, the only guy I'd ever throw a fade to in the red right, zone. Right. Right. So I don't know who's going to match up against him. And um, I don't think Brashad Breland can stay up to speed with the, with the speedy and all-around great wide receiver of Chris Godwin. And, you know, uh, someone's going to have to cover Antonio Brown, too. So I think <laughs> it's Scotty be, Miller. Yeah, it's Scotty Miller. Right? So I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the, uh, for the cornerbacks on both sides of the ball. And yeah. for safety, I don't know. I, I like, I'm a big fan of Ant- Antoine Fields and Jordan Whitehead. But I think this is another toss-up for me. I mean, I think both – Safety units are very talented here, and it's hard picking against one. But if I had to lean against one, lean towards one way, I'd probably go with the Chiefs just because of how special the Honey, the honey Badger is. I mean, we talk about big plays. I mean, he's, he's Mr. Big Play. So, yes. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see him come up with a forced fumble or interception in this game. So, I think if I had to lean one way, I, I would end up agreeing with you. Yeah. And then if we're talking about special teams and head coaching, right, special teams, I think, goes to the Chiefs because of a guy like Miko Hardman and his uh, return game. You know, we know that they have so many elusive guys that can return that ball on that team. So I think I still lean with them in special teams and head coaching. I'm going I'm going Andy Reid, because if we're going to look at Bruce Arians as a whole, I think it was four quarterbacks 
led the league in interceptions under Bruce Arians's um, watch. The Carson Palmer was one of them. Um, pretty sure Jameis Winston was one million percent one of them. Not sure the other two, but I, I'm pretty sure it was at least three or four. Now, what does that show you about Bruce Arians? It shows you he likes to take risks. What are some examples of risks? Why does Tom Brady have three interceptions in a playoff game? On second and one, third and one, you really think that Tom Brady is the one calling a vertical route? He had never done that in his career. But Bruce Arians is a guy who likes to test things. He likes to try, you know, long passes a lot, which is going to result in interceptions. I don't think Tom Brady's making that call to throw a deep ball to Mike Evans on third and one instead of just handing the ball off to the guy against one of the worst run defenses. So I think, I think that that is one advantage that, um, that uh, excuse me, Andy Reid has over – and let's talk about Andy Reid. I mean, the guy called a pass with Chad Henney on fourth down, if they didn't get that, the Browns have the ball at the 50-yard line and needed to score a touchdown with like a minute, around like a minute 20 left. What kind of like cojones does that guy got to have to do that? That's unbelievable. But he did it, and it worked. So, Props to him. I mean, you stole the words literally out of my mouth. I was going to say he has some pair of cojones. Um, I, I think I have to agree with you. I, I am going to pick Andy Reid too. I mean – the guy has been around – I mean, so has Bruce Arians. But um, what do you think of Andy Reid? You think of a winner, even with the Eagles. You know, they had solid you – know, you know, they weren't winning the Super Bowl. But they were known for, you know, constantly getting close to the playoffs or, you know, getting into the playoffs and winning a game. But Andy Reid is a winner. He's a proven winner. And Bruce Arians is too. But in a game like this, I think I would be more comfortable choosing Andy Reid going out there and winning the game. So I, th- I think it's enough said. And um, I think your special teams, I think – I think the Chiefs have the advantage too. I mean, it's hard picking one because they both have excellent returners and, and both of our offensive X factors. But uh, I think I would go with Chiefs too. Yeah. And uh, I think I think we should end this this episode. I want to hear your prediction, and I guess why. What's what are you what are you leaning towards as of right now? As much as I want the Chiefs to win, I'm leaning with Tom Brady and his ten Super Bowl appearance, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's my pick, and I'm going to give you one main reason why. Around, I think it was the 1984-1985 season, the 15-1 um, and one San Francisco 49ers went against the 14-2 and two Dan Marino-led Miami Dolphins. When you hear that matchup, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, you think one of the greatest QB battles of all times. That's why I couldn't say which the best QB battle of all times was. But at that time, the, the whole talk was about Dan Marino, this young kid coming into the postseason. You know, he's dominating. He's putting up record numbers. Everybody's like, wow, look at this kid. You forget who's on the other side of the ball. It's Joe, Monta- it's Joe Montana, probably second or third greatest quarterback of all times behind Brady. This guy knew how to win in the playoffs, but nobody was talking about him because the young and up-and-coming kid. And I like to think history repeats itself. Dan Marino ended up having a touchdown and two picks while Montana had four total touchdowns and close to 400 total yards, and the Niners just blew out the Dolphins. So I can see that happening because I think everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes and the up-and-coming kid. They're not realizing that Tom Brady is the other quarterback. He's old. Yes, I get it. Him old is better than 90% of the league young. So I'm still, I'm going to stay with Tom Brady in this one. I have to, I can't bet against Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl appearance. 
Yeah, I, uh, it, it is hard to do, but I, I am picking the Chiefs here. Um, when I think of Patrick Mahomes, I think of a quarterback who doesn't lose. I mean, the guy has been in the league for four years now. I mean, three years of really starting. The guy's barely lost games. I mean, I think he's under, still under 10 losses, which is truly ridiculous. Um, I do understand, you know, this is Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl. But when I watch Patrick Mahomes play, I think the Chiefs always find a way to win. I remember watching the Chiefs and Texans playoff game last year, I believe it was. They go down 21 nothing, 24 nothing, And, you know, there was no doubt in anyone's mind that the Chiefs were coming back and winning that game. Um, and and that, that's the reality of the Chiefs. Whenever you have Patrick Mahomes at the helm, there is no situation in where a Chiefs fan or an avid NFL fan is thinking the Chiefs can't come back and win this game. Um, I, I do I, – I don't know. I know we went through this whole positional breakup and breakdown, and it looks like the Bucs have the overall better core of him. But I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will find a way to get it done at the end of the day. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I'm leaning towards maybe Chiefs 27-24. I think it's going to be decided by a field goal. I know I've been saying that for the last <laughs> four weeks. I don't ever give my predictions. But I really do think this has the makings of being a really, really good offensive game or a lower-scoring, all-around solid game by both quarterbacks. So I am super excited to see this game. Um, obviously, the football fan of me is hoping for uh, a 34-31 kind of game. I know we all are. Um, but I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. He's the young goat, and I think they're going to be the eight-team NFL history to, re- to repeat. Yeah, listen, I mean, to go off to your points quickly, I mean, overall, like you said, the the Chiefs were up 24 nothing. I mean, the, the Texans were up 24 nothing, and I think the spread was still, like, Chiefs pick them. Yeah, it was, even. like, pick them. I'm like, it's 24 nothing, But they, they everyone had faith in them to come back. And I think I, – I, what's the deal with Patrick Mahomes and his losses? Like, they average, like, 32 points in every game he's lost, which is, yeah, like, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. He's yeah, a loose. That, that team <laughs> – those guys are built to win, man. But, you know, as he says, he doesn't lose. Well, Tom Brady doesn't like to lose either, so – But anyways, guys, thank you guys for tuning into the JC The Truth podcast. Tune in next week, and we will see you all soon.